Welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Rachel. And I'm Emily. And today we want to talk about reaction progressions. (laughs) So this is going to be a meaty episode. Buckle up. You are in for a (laughs) ride. You're going to love it. Um, This is an on-page drafting skill. Okay, so when we're talking about the tips and tricks in this episode, we're explaining how to draft a character's reaction to something. There's a specific progression in the way that our bodies process information, and we want to mirror that with our characters. We want our characters to go through kind of um, processing something happening and then reacting to it in a step-by-step order. So yep. we're going to so before yeah. before we jump in though, I just want to preface with like if you have perfectionist tendencies. <laughs> I, I want you to take a deep breath right now because this is this is a tool that is very very helpful for clearly communicating through the page, right? Yeah. But this is not a skill that is necessary for first drafts. This is not yeah. a skill that is necessary even for like second drafts, right? Like we're this is the kind of thing we don't want you to overthink it. Yes. <laughs> um, I've had clients before like try to put this formula into like a every sentence has this shape. That is not what we're going for. What we're going for is uh, to teach you kind of a general idea of like how do you approach putting a character's experience, right? Their lived experience through their eyeballs and brains yes. into words on the page. Um, and this is this can this formula can be a helpful way to look at where you might be able to be clearer um in your writing. Yeah. So I just want to preface that with like <laughs> don't don't overthink this. Um, but also I'm very excited to talk about it because it's my nerdy brain loves this. I know it was such a huge tool for me. So uh, to paint a picture, um I used to hear the writing advice that you should um your prose. And how a character like moves through the space, they should always be using their five senses. Mm. And so it was like, what are they smelling? What are they tasting? What are they touching? What are they seeing? Like all of their senses. That's how you like really get a reader into that deep POV. It's like yeah. letting us know those five senses. Awesome. But I wrote like super <laughs> uh, way over the top. Not helpful. It was like a, an a a vomit of words all the time because I was missing the point is like when you're trying to put a character into deep POV or put a reader into the POV of your character, you want them to feel as your character feels. But like, I don't move around my day constantly thinking about what I'm touching, but I do react like stimulus. I do Mm -hmm. react like my brain fires off. I say things, I feel certain things. And so like this formula of, of the, the progression of how we react to something, that's why it's called reaction progression, is so helpful to like put a frame of reference around how you actually think and then mimicking that in a character so that you know, is do, does this feel right or does this not feel right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into like when it doesn't feel right, it's probably because one of these reactions are out of order. They happen in a specific order. Yeah. Or you're not clear on or how not they're clear. feeling about one of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So what is a reaction progression? Reaction progression is basically something happens, right? A story stimulus happens. In real life, this would be like something happens to you, which is either an external trigger or an internal realization. Mm -hmm. So something 
some kind of external stimulus prompts you to react or your character to react. The first thing that happens is you have a physical instinctive reaction. Mm -hmm. This is a feeling or an involuntary action. So your, your body or your character's body reacts to whatever just externally happened or whatever you just internally realized, right? Which is still a stimulus. Then your brain kicks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your brain says, oh my goodness, this is what this means, right? This is what this means to me. This is how I feel about this. Um, and sometimes that can override what your body is saying, right? But first your body kicks in, then your brain kicks in. And then intentionality kicks in. So yeah. you or your character takes a conscious action or speaks or does something consciously in reaction to the story stimulus, right? So we have an instinctive body reaction. We have the brain processing what happened. And then we have the intentional choice to do something about it. Yes. So remember when Emily was saying earlier, like, don't overthink it. We're not saying that every single everything needs to follow this flow because you're going to re- you're going to get purple pros really fast. You're going to really balloon like what you're saying. But um this is very helpful for you to consider like why would my character think but then have a gut reaction? Well, they probably wouldn't. They probably would have their gut reaction first and then do something about it. Like because it follows this order. It's the stimulus, it's that physical instinctive reaction that you can't control then it's your internal processing your your character's thoughts what are they thinking about this thing and then it's their physical intentional choice what are they choosing to do or not choosing to do because of what just happened um what do they have um so let's give you two examples one of when these reactions are out of order and then one of when these reactions are in order because I think you'll be able to tell like in your gut that it feels wrong in some way. When you when we tell you the out of order one, you're going to be like, oh, I, I can see why this might feel wrong. And then we'll explain yeah. how it's out of order. Um, I'll read the out of order one. Go okay. for it. Why did Sarah have to be so unreasonable? Ava jumped when Sarah slammed the door with a growl. Instead of following, she stormed out the back. So that's out of order. It's kind of hard to like, you know, they're fighting, but it's kind of hard to like live through it. Yes. (laughs) With them. Uh huh. And it feels, it feels a little bit like, okay, but why did, why did she have that thought before Ava jumped when Sarah slammed the door? Like, it's like, huh, that just, something's quite off there. So I'm going to read it one more time. Why did Sarah have to be so unreasonable? Ava jumped when Sarah slammed the door with a growl. Instead of following, she stormed out the back. Okay. Now, Emily, you read it in order. Okay. So, in order. Sarah growled and slammed the door. Eva jumped. Why did Sarah have to be so unreasonable? Instead of following, she stormed out the back. Wow. Okay. That feels way better to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, me too. I feel like I had like a dissonance in the first one where it like made my heart like pound. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second, something's wrong. And you read the second one and I was like, oh, actually yeah. that does feel right. Because- so let's break down why the second, oh, sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Yep. Let's break it down. So the second one, right? We have the stimulus happens first. Sarah growled and slammed the door. Yep. Eva jumped. 
that's her physical instinctive reaction is she she jumps at Sarah's abrasiveness, really. Yeah. Then she internally processes what happened. Why did Sarah have to be so unreasonable? Right? Like that's an internal thought. Mm-hmm. And her physical intentional reaction, right? The conscious action she chooses to do is instead of following, she stormed out the back. So we get to see that Eva is shaken by what Sarah just did. And through her voice, right? Why did Sarah have to be so unreasonable after she just jumped? We get a little bit of nuance, right? We get this sense that Eva is not, like she's got feelings, right? She's got deeper feelings about what's going on. She's not totally unaffected by what Sarah did, but she chooses to storm out the back anyway. So regardless of like the the fact that she's been affected by it and is hurt by it does not lead her to follow Sarah. It leads her to leaf and go off the back and so we get a lot more character nuance in kind of what's going on between the reactions exactly and in in the first order which was at example out of the first example which was out of order we had sarah's thoughts first but like nothing had happened we, we hadn't seen the stimulus yet we didn't know what it was and then we had ava's physical instinctive reaction before we even had the stimulus which was sarah slamming the door so it was all out of order and it just left us feeling confused of like we're trying to catch up wait what what's happening what's going on why who who's unreasonable why (laughs) but when you put them in order it like is very grounding it's very oh i see exactly what's going on and because I'm not left confused, I have the mental brain power to read between the lines or to understand the feelings. I'm, your brain doesn't have to work as hard to like put these pieces of information in order because yeah. they already follow the natural order of how our bodies react to stimulus. Yes. It's important to – for me, that, that was like the biggest, oh my gosh, like I knew that. But when you see it laid out this way, when, you, when I felt it laid out this way and recognized, oh, of course – like I can't have these thoughts before I'm even showing what it is that happens. Yeah. Um, it helps you place things in your drafting and then go back and catch and be like, oh, okay, that's why this feels weird to me is because I put it out of order. And yeah. just- something I see really often is when people will put a, the physical intentional reaction first, mm-hmm. right? So they'll show what the character decides to do and then they'll show us their thoughts about it. And there's a dissonance there as a reader because you're like, wait, why are you doing that thing? And then you answer the question. So you do answer the question of why they did the thing. But it's more helpful if the thoughts about why they're going to that show why they're going to do the thing happen before they do the thing. Because yes. then you get to kind of live through, okay, we're processing what just happened and now we're acting. Instead of, oh, we acted. Let's explain why we acted. Right? Yes. That takes us out of the lived experience of the, you know, of the character's lived experience. Yes. Um on, on top of that, this is where I think that this skill goes from like intermediate to expert is by doing that on purpose, like what you just said, but mm-hmm. putting the physical intentional first on purpose because you want to show a specific thing. So in our, in our order, remember, I know you guys can't see it, which is why I'm repeating it. We have the stimulus. We have your instinctive reaction to the stimulus. We have your thoughts about what's happening. And then we have the conscious decision. Sometimes you might choose to have the stimulus and then an immediate intentional decision. Yeah. But in that case, we're showing a very specific thing. We're showing a choice without thought. Like we're showing on purpose that this character has jumped right to doing something like and 
my point here is that if you're going to do that, do it on purpose so that you can make a point that like maybe your character doesn't stop to think about things and like maybe they are super impulsive or maybe you want um, to, you know, maybe they have a physical instinctive reaction like a gut twist or, um, you know, fence fists clenched or like biting lip. But then you have them make a physical instinctive choice that is kind of in the opposite of what they're f- actually feeling instinctually. Yeah. And you can show dissonance between those two things to like show that, well, this character does not react immediately to their feelings. They do something different on purpose. So here's the key point is if you're going to switch up how these things flow, do it on purpose. Do it to show something. Do it to like, you know, lend to your characterization or do it yeah. to like hide something. Um, Sarah J. Moss, queen of hiding things from the reader, <laughs> um, everything and like Bryce's narrative in Crescent mm-hmm. City has like a, a hidden veil over it. Like this is where she gets to play with that. This is where Moss gets to play with what is it do we actually show the reader and what is it do we not show the reader on purpose? Maybe I don't want the the reader to see my character's private thoughts right now because I'm trying to hide something. Great. But make that decision on purpose. Don't just leave it out because you're not sure. Yeah. What, what goes here? Like, know how this works, know how the reactions progress, and then you can really play with, you know, how what are you going to put on the page and what are you not going to put on the page? Yeah. We've got, um, so this is all like super, super cerebral. So we're going to give you guys, um, we are going to gift you guys our um, show don't tell formula, which is a reaction progressions guide that has tons of examples. But I think the reason that this tool is so fun and exciting is exactly what Rachel just said. It allows you to make really intentional choices about how you portray your character's lived experience on the page. Um, And there's so much characterization that you can infuse into your decisions about this stuff. So for instance, one of the tricks that we have in the guide that we will link in the show notes um, is showing that dissonance between what the character is thinking and what they're doing, right? And so we have this example and I'm going to read it to you guys and then break down kind of how it works. So we have Mr. Hernandez was seriously asking her to do his job. Naomi just had to bide her time. The payoff would be exponential. If only she could keep control of her emotions now, it would be worth it. Yes, sir. I'd be happy to, she replied with a saccharine smile. Right? So this one works because there's distance between what she's thinking. She's upset with this man, Mm -hmm. right? And what she's doing, which is being very polite to him. Yes. Um, And so I think this is one of those, like... It's one of the more basic examples of how you can use these reactions to really get into characterization because we already are seeing from this paragraph that Naomi is someone who is willing to be uncomfortable and make other people happy in order to eventually get what she wants, right? Like one paragraph, and we know that about Naomi. And so that's the power of really understanding these different types of stimuli and how to use them together and against one another and in order and out of order in order to um, put put that lived experience that you want your reader to go through on the page in words. Yeah. And like with that example specifically, imagine if we did not have Naomi's thoughts. 
So this is what it would, this is what this example would read if we didn't have Naomi's thoughts. Mr. Hernandez was seriously asking her to do this job. Yes, sir. I'd be happy to. She replied with a saccharine smile. Totally different. Yeah. Totally different. If we So we have the stimulus, which is Mr. Hernandez asking her to do something. And then if we go right to her physical intentional choice to say, yes, we lose the dissonance, but we also lose a really big part of Naomi's characterization, which is that she does not want to do this. She's only doing it for her own means and purposes. Like she's not yep. doing it because Mr. Hernandez asked her to. She's doing it because she sees like the end goal. And that's more important than her agreeing to this right now. Um, and it gives her like a, I feel like a much more dynamic, a much more in-depth version of a character versus just jumping right to her saying like, yes, sir. Okay. You miss it. You miss out really the point of this excerpt. Yeah. Which is that dissonance. Yeah. So I think the visuals are so much more helpful. <laughs> so we're going to, we're definitely going to link you guys that um, PDF. But the the purpose of this podcast was to get you guys thinking about, you know, how, how are you organizing your sentences and your reactions and your character's experience um, on the page in a way that can, can show so much in between the in between the lines right really is what we're what this is um this skill can teach you how to do mm -hmm. yes and remember you don't need to be putting all of this on the page for every single thing that happens no. in your story <laughs> no <laughs> that's gonna be way 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 too much um but if you know what you know like what it is that your character is wanting to do or wanting to say or as you as the author what do you want to show through how they react to something you can start to make those de decisions of like okay well in this in this instance i'm not going to show um that physical instinctive reaction i only want to show their internal processing or you might flip it and be like i don't need to show their internal processing but i do want to show their physical instinctive reaction and then their in physical intentional choice of how they're going to yeah how they're going to act we need some of it like and i would say throughout the story we're always going to be needing parts of this yeah. like that is what a story is is a cause and effect and action and a reaction um but don't feel like you're you have to drop all of this all the time <laughs> well often i think um often i think the way to sort of approach this is if the physical instinctive the internal processing and the physical intentional reactions are all pretty in line Right. Your character feels yeah. something in their body. They think something very similar and then they do something that's pretty obvious as to what they're thinking and feeling. Then you can probably just jump to their intentional reaction. Right. Yeah. Because there's you don't need to explain it. Right. Um, and so oftentimes that can help, especially if you're an overwriter. Right. It's this can help be like, oh, I this thought shows clearly that this is how they're feeling in their body. I don't need to go there. Exactly. Right. Or this feeling in their body means I don't have to include their thoughts. We can just keep moving forward. Um, and so this can help you figure out, you know, how can you trim down, but also where is the dissonance? Cause that's what gets really interesting. Yeah. And so where are their body reactions and their thoughts not lining up? Where are their thoughts and their 
their decisions not lining up um, to show through the dissonance to your reader what's really going on at a nuanced level with your character. Like that's the power of this tool. The purpose is not to have, like Rachel said, everything, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything for every potential stimuli. That would be way overwhelming. But it's that dissonance we're looking for. That's the interesting stuff you want to make sure is on the page because if it's not, the reader will notice. We won't understand why they're doing what they're doing or why they're, you know, why there's so much dissonance and what they're thinking and feeling and all that stuff. Um, so you want to make that that clear. And this can be helpful too if if your readers are like, I don't understand why your character is doing X, Y, and Z or why they reacted in this way. You're probably missing one of these and you can go kind of weave it in. Yes, exactly. Okay, so next steps. What should you do now? Um, go grab that PDF in the show notes read through it. It has tons of examples and it's very visually helpful. Um, since we threw out a lot of terms today, it might be tough for you to contextualize them, get the <laughs> PDF, but then practice, like go practice writing this, take whatever scene you're working on right now, wherever you are at, um, identify the story stimulus. What is the thing that happens is it um, something someone does, a random event, a noise, a piece of dialogue, new information? Is it a character realization that prompts a reaction? Like, what's the story stimulus? So first, identify that and then take us through practice writing these um, three remaining reactions. So again, that first one is that physical instinctive reaction. The second one is an internal processing. And the third one is physical intentional reaction. Um, so put them all on there. I want you to like practice writing all three in order um, to get used to what this feels like. You'll start to, honestly, it will start to feel really natural. And then yeah. once you have a good sense of like, okay, I understand how my blood boiled is instinctive. And I understand how I shoved him is intentional. Once you get those um, kind of like uh, muscle memories going, um, then you can play with changing up the order or leaving something out or showing the dissonance like we talked about. And we have um, all sorts of tips and tricks in that PDF guide. So go right now, flip up on your phone to the show notes and tap it and then save it for yourself. Totally free. Woohoo. Woohoo. Enjoy. Enjoy. If you want to build a successful, fulfilling, and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list. Sign up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character X. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night. Link in the show notes. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye.